We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Most of my mistakes these days are not from time per se. It's uh, it's mostly just foggy brain from. Say, do you still ha- from not sleeping? Do you still have a concept of time right now? <laughs> yes, yeah, more more so now than uh, you know, two weeks ago, um, for sure. But whenever I'm like doing something, I'm like, it really hasn't been that long since I haven't done you know, something, it's more just my brain's exhausted and like, all right, I gotta, I gotta figure out how to get through it. You know? Uh, sounds brutal. When was she, when was she born? Oh, was it Christmas Eve? No. Uh, 21st. 21st. Yep. Few, few days before we were the only days we were home for a two week stretch were Christmas Eve and Christmas day. Wow. Otherwise, we were in the hospital for oh, fuck. two, basically two weeks. Were there. you sleeping in the hospital too? Mm-hmm. Holy shit! I mean, trying to sleep, but yeah, struggling. I mean, between not, not it, it just being uncomfortable in general. Like, I mean, <laughs> the first bed um, was was uh, a little bit more comfortable than the second one. I remember when we when we went back to the hospital and. Um, the nurse brought us in and she's like, sorry, you got to sleep on that. It's like cardboard. And she was not kidding. <laughs> um, so it's that, but it's also like, you know, whether it was uh, the first time through when uh, Aria was the patient or the second time through when Toddy was the patient, like the nurses are in every hour or, or yeah. something beep in every, you know, 15 minutes you uh, know, and, and things like that. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's just hard to sleep anyway. Cause you know, they're, um, checking up on you and, and that that's great obviously you want to you want the care and <laughs> make sure you're good but um it, it was it was a long long couple weeks so we're uh we're thrilled so far no no trips to the hospital in 2023 that's there that's the go. goal that's stay fun. stay stay healthy stay home and just enjoy everything but yeah. this is this is the first uh first night my mom just left uh today this morning uh she's been here since the 20th when um when the induction started for aria and uh 20th of december and then um my dad came uh, a couple times and you know he was working but my mom was just actually off uh most of the time she had to take a few days off that first week but she had uh, this time off because they go to school all year at the school she she's a teacher aide for now and um this just happened to be 
one of their breaks. So it worked out from a timing perspective really well, but it's the first night where it's just the four of us in the house, me, Toddy, Aria, and uh, of course, Stella. Wow. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Been a crazy few weeks. My God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're definitely, we're definitely looking forward to getting back into some normalcy. I mean, there's still a lot of recovering and, you know, sleep to make up and, you know, parenthood never ends, but um, we also got uh, a new, new kitchen uh, put in uh, over the past week, new countertops, new backsplash. Uh, that was a, a project that just got delayed because of, you know, supply and demand things and, and whatnot. And um, of course it, it happened right after, <laughs> after everything. So, um, but it, the kitchen looks really nice. I'll, I'll send you guys a picture. Did you, uh, happen, be, to, did you happen to paint the kitchen? <laughs> not, not in that, not in that area. <laughs> no, it's just more, it, it was more just concentrated into the, uh, into like the, the area where the countertops are and the cabinets and, and all that type of stuff. I mean, we'll eventually do some, some painting and stuff, but right now the girls get everything so messy that it's, it's just not worth it. Ethan, if you're perplexed, it's, um, I was asking about the area of wall where I spilled PBR with coffee oh. <laughs> all over Colin's wall. Okay. Because I knocked it. I was trying to write on their whiteboard, which was not secure. And I knocked the whiteboard not. off the wall as I was writing with my left hand. Yeah. And then my right hand was my drink. And I just went to pin it against the wall <laughs> and just splashed coffee all over the wall. This was within like 25 minutes of being in Colin and Christine's brand new house for the first time. And <laughs> Christine just comes downstairs to see me with a paper towel wiping off her walls. <laughs> oh, I still feel dumb about that. Amazing. I think it. I think it brings some uh, character to. I mean, to at least house. it isn't like puke at your house, but <laughs> <laughs> not yet. <laughs> it's actually. Oh, well, wait, wait till you see what I have. If you know, not assuming there's a Memorial Day soiree, but if there is, wait till you see what I have to bring. Oh, I mean, there there definitely is. <laughs> I already have something. Nice. Matt planning ahead. See, this is this is why Matt and I get along very well because we are the planners. We take care of business. Ethan just shows up and rides our co- or what is it, coattails? Is that uh-huh. is that the, the yeah, phrase? Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys do all the planning, but you still ride on my coattails because I am just that interesting and charismatic. <laughs> so I was Matt, I was talking um I don't know why this this made me think of this, but I was talking to a coach um, that that I work with uh, quite a bit, and and we we were just talking about like her program and and their culture and everything, and we were talking about Ted Ted Lasso popped up, and then she's like, yeah, actually Ted Lasso and the Last Dance documentaries are like two of the the biggest things that I want all the girls in my program like who come through to like watch those and like really be in line with those because like at least the way Michael Jordan is portrayed in the last dance, like his worth ethic and everything. And she's like, she said something along the lines, like, I know you don't like it. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I like the last dance, but Matt is the one who, <laughs> <laughs> who hates it. So <laughs> hates it and never saw it. <laughs> I I didn't say I hate it. I say that I don't believe it's going to be an accurate portrayal. Yeah. So, 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 Kudos to the way you phrased that, because <laughs> you said the way he's portrayed, and I'm not questioning Michael Jordan's work ethic. That guy mm-hmm. was a maniac. True. 
Yeah, but any documentary where it it everything needs to be approved right at the end by the person it's about. But you guys still love the documentary about mushrooms, and nobody asked the mushrooms if the if the information <laughs> was accurate. That's true. Yeah, you know when are we gonna when are we gonna give the mushrooms their fair say in this democracy? You know, <laughs> gosh, unbelievable. Maybe they should ask uh, what's his name, Ron Santos. The uh, uh, is it George? George Santos? George, I don't know. <laughs> With all the fake shit on his resume or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! What a fucking world. Uh, ridiculous so good so good well boys are you are you drinking tonight you uh, know it i just have some old wine that needs to get drunk Ooh. So, yeah i mean i have some beers in the fridge i have so there's a brewery uh shout out to connecticut valley brewery which is in south windsor connecticut and it's like right on the main drag near my parents house like five minutes from my parents house it's really nice. Um, Jeremy, shout out to brother Jeremy, thinks it's like by far the best thing in central Connecticut now, pretty much. Um, but it's really nice. They have a great setup and they share a building with a with a cafe. Um, and we've gone a couple times now and the, the food is solid, like the breakfast food and stuff at the cafe. Um, and uh, and the coffees are pretty good. And the beers are the beers that I've had are, are pretty solid too. But the overall hang is just really nice. They've done a great job with the setup; like it's super cool. Anyways, we had tried. Um, Jeremy had uh, had got a couple of their pineapple sours that we tried, uh, and, and I really enjoyed those. And um, so I think I saw we, you log that on. Uh, yeah, tab. yeah. And so before we left town, actually, I think I have I had another one. I had a peach one the other night. I got to log that one. So before we left, I got they have a bunch of them. So I have a, a bunch of different sours of theirs um in the fridge that different flavors to try but i just uh wasn't really feeling wasn't really feeling fruity fruity sour uh, are, uh tonight are but. all of their beer is all their artwork uh plain themed that is definitely the theme the the sours aren't they're just like fruit sour although maybe the art i'd have to look at the can there might still be something but yeah if you go like in person there's like these planes hanging from the ceilings like model planes and stuff yeah it's a big aviation theme yeah they had uh occasionally a can or two would make it out to the beer store i'd frequent in cincinnati so oh that's interesting i'm yeah. surprised that's interesting that they distribute all the way out there yeah because so i don't think they're particularly big yet it was just it was very sporadic yeah. Right, right. But it's a but super cool place. Yeah, yeah. The, the I had to go to this beer store. I, it was called the Root Cellar, so oh, I had to go. Of course. And it was like it was like an a messy, unalphabetized record store. Like it was just it was just beer everywhere, and like no real organization. You just were treasure hunting, and it was wonderful. Where was that? Nice. Um, in Cincinnati. Oh, that was cool. in Cincinnati. Yeah. What was um Ethan? What was the point of telling the beer story? Sorry again. I'm, oh, I'm oh, because because I'm I'm having wine that has been open for several days and needs to get drunk. And you guys, you said boo. So I was just defending myself by saying I do have beer here. Got it. Uh, I just this wine needs to get drunk, and I wasn't in the mood for a fruity sour. And, and not everyone gets lucky and can get um. Is that focal banger? Yeah, eight eight day old focal banger. Oh eight fucking a day old. Wow. Actually, we had some focal banger over Christmas. Jeremy brought some. It was probably about similarly fresh. I nice. didn't look at the dates, but God, focal banger is fucking good. Nice. Colin? I'm getting my beer out to show you. <sighs> I'm at root. Hop creep. Okay. Okay. Tired hands. Number one, because you just had a baby. And number two, since it's a triple, um, 
that's that's an okay one if it's a little older. Yeah, it's uh oh, I don't think it's like super old though. No. Speaking real quick of triples, that reminded me. So the most recent batch that Matt sent to me, he sent me uh, a few beers like a month or two ago. And Matt, I don't know if you already saw it on Untapped, but one of the beers you sent to me was um like a like a oh triple triple mylar daydream. Yeah. Uh, from other half, eleven point three percent triple. Holy fuck! But oh my god, it was good. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. That that was like as good of a beer as I've had from other yeah. half. I think it was so fucking good. Thank you for that. That was that. That's one of my the, anything in the the daydream series. I really really like. Um, and uh, that was the hybrid with between their mylar bag series as well. And all yeah, that's the mylar bags are good. I've had those. Yeah. And yeah, then Colin, I saw that you got the you had the um, orange dream sickle shake. How how that? Yeah. So good. Yeah, so good. Yeah, so I think that I, was I think that was the first one I had post Aria. I I don't like that brewery, but I, I made an exception. I was uh, the local <laughs> alumni chapter had an event there, so I, I saw it and I was like, well, I guess I have to get this for mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, no, I thought it was I thought it was great. I think I'm pretty sure I gave it a five. On and uh and matt we also enjoyed the sour you sent you sent us was it a, was it from jackie o's that sour the ubiquitous uh yeah so that was the what the watermelon hibiscus sour yeah and honestly like you couldn't taste very much watermelon there was just like a hint of it as they aftertaste but it was good it was it was nice yeah when i was out in ohio at the end of october i, I tried it out there uh i already had a bottle at home and i tried it out there and wow this is actually really good like it wasn't too sour um it was, you know, it wasn't like lip smacking, difficult to drink. Um, but yeah, I wanted to throw that in there. And then hopefully Toddy's had a chance to have a glass of wine. Not no, yet. not yet. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, she's she's getting close to feeling comfortable, ready, you know, with, with it all. But Well, I know it wasn't anything special, but I figured I was <laughs> sent a little tiny box of wine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, it's all good. Um she'll she'll get to it eventually <laughs> um but yeah i've been trying to my one of my goals to start the season is um trying to buy as little beer as possible and i've been i've been going through and having a beer out of the cellar every night most every night um those 12 ounce jackie o stouts are are nice and you know good to sip while eating dinner and then you can finish it, or while making dinner and then you can finish it off when you eat dinner so that's been my that's been my goal these past couple uh, weeks, just to try and get through the giant backlog in the basement. Yep, that's how we are with desserts right now. It's <laughs> it's ridiculous. That's a good problem to have. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, I'm I'm eating them every day, so it's. <laughs> okay, what was your dessert of the day today? I had one of your tasty cakes and. Ah. Um, I had two, two Christmas cookies that were in the freezer. Yeah. Nice. Not bad. Yep. I think I got one tasty cake left. I almost bought you some more yesterday and I was like, I got to stop doing, I can't keep sending them. (laughs) But there was, there was one grocery store. that still had them on the shelf and I was like, maybe, maybe you're going to be, uh, they had an expiration date in April and I was like, Mm. ah. They're probably you fine, should... but I've already sent you expired tasty cakes, so and they were fine. I didn't even I wouldn't even have known if you didn't say anything. So yeah, they were good. I want you to have in your basement 
a small second. You know, like they used to talk about, like if the world ended, the Twinkies would be the only thing that survives. Like mm. those chocolate stuffed chocolate tasty cakes. That's what I want. Just a small <laughs> stockpile. Yeah. <laughs> so I do store them when I buy them for you. I store them in the basement by the beer. <laughs> nice. Uh, to try and keep if they're up if they were upstairs in the pantry, they wouldn't last. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. They are delicious. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad at all if you just bought them for yourself, Matt. <laughs> so we had a hot stove these past couple of weeks. It's been fun. Uh-huh. It's been something. I, I feel like you've got a lot in your mind, Colin. I think you should launch into things. <laughs> uh well, first off, I just want to say I'm watching Starling Castro um in what I believe is the Dominican League right now and um man what a throwback that is not even that long ago but it seems like it's ages ago that uh, that 2017 team is that what it was i was like what year was that okay yeah then we traded them for g for g right yeah part part of it Uh, straight up right (laughs) yeah um yeah some uh some dominican game i have on anyway uh yeah what a um, interesting. I I don't I don't know what what the, what's the right word for this whole Carlos Correa thing, uh that that has just finally come to an end today. So I guess we we picked a good day to record. Carlos Correa is officially still a Minnesota Twin, uh after agreeing to monster deals both with the San Francisco Giants and then the New York Bets. I would love to talk about what you guys want to talk about but i'll say from my end and i wrote this uh in my sub sub stack yesterday because that is like one thing that i i do to like feel normal these days mm-hmm. <laughs> um and and i had a lot of thoughts on it is um i i don't if I, if i was a mets fan i would be really really fucking upset about this like the giants you know that that's one thing um but the Mets and Cohen, you know, going about talking how he's going to spend all this money and money's not, it doesn't matter and blah, 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 and everything. And I'm like, I get it. There's probably some really significant worry that these two clubs had, the Mets and the, and the Giants had with this physical. But someone who's worth $16 billion, just take a take a chance on the guy. What what is that? What does that three hundred million dollars mean to you? Like Carlos Correa could be a player that takes them over the top, as as Steve Cohen said. Yeah. And instead, he got he got hung up, or his front office got hung up, or whoever it was, and they backed away. And I think they thought they were still going to get it done, but Correa was like, "No, fuck it, I'm I'm." going back to the twins, you know, somewhere where they actually want me, I guess, you know, and everything. And it's just, I, I wrote my sub stack, like when Cohen sw- swooped in, I actually liked him. I, th- I think that's good for baseball. I think like Cohen's whole idealism, like the Steinbrenner idealism to spend money and to not try to profit all that money is good for baseball. But the fact that, you know, George, love him or hate him and most of the people who listen to this don't even know who he is anymore because he's been gone that long at this point when george went big 
he went through with it. It didn't matter if it was a disaster. He would pay every last penny. He would go through with it. He never backed away from anything. And somewhere Cohen got cold feet. And I was like, just when I was like slightly beginning to like him as a baseball owner, he just reminded me that he's a fucking fraud and a liar and a piece of shit billionaire that I could care less about. But at the same time, I, I again, if I was a Mets fan, I would be furious about this because there should be no it, – it, it just – it, it, you're you're basically trying to predict somebody's going to get injured and not be able to live up to their 12 year contract, which like anyone can predict somebody's going to get injured over the course of a 12 year contract. You know, like I, I just, it logically, it, do, it doesn't make sense to me when you have all that money and you laud it and you say that you don't care about it. And then you don't just say, well, fuck it anyway, we're going to sign you. Cause that's what Cohen should have done in, in my opinion. But yeah, I think it, I don't know. I it, it's it's weird. Um, I don't really like Carlos Correa. Uh, obviously, he's one of the the members of the 2017 uh, cheating Astros, and he was a loudmouth uh, about it too, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah, yep. he was pretty defiant. Yeah. Yep. Pretty pretty vocal about it. And um, you know, he's he's good, but I mean, I don't know that he's like. He's never as good as like A-Rod was or Cal Ripken Jr. was. Or... Well, A-Rod and Ripken, that's a really high bar. I mean, when Correa is on, he's he's one of the best players in the game. I think we, we should give him some. You know, he's like a seven-war guy when he's having his best years. Yeah. So so I'll say this, though. I, I don't I don't blame I don't blame Cohen. He didn't become a billionaire by making bad investments. Oh my God! It's no, not a bad. No, listen to this though. So you like you like comparing it to to Steinbrenner, right? So let let's let's do some quick math, right? So Correa's contract was a twelve year contract with yep the Mets. twelve years, three hundred and thirty, three hundred fifteen, something like that. So that same contract, if you go backwards and un, you know and by inflation, would be a twelve year, one hundred and thirty eight million dollar contract. In 1990, guess who the highest paid annual person? So over 10 million a year, like 11 million a year in 1990 dollars. Mm-hmm. Guess what the highest average salary was back then? Was it Winfield's? No, it, it was Robin Yount at 3.2 million dollars annual salary. Annual. Yeah. So, so Steinbrenner didn't make an investments like this. That would have been more than three times the next bigger, you know. And then, like, imagine if Correa got signed for $120 million a year. That's the scale that we're looking at a year that this would have been back then. So uh, you can say Steinbrenner went big when he went big, but he didn't go that big. Yeah. It was a different game. It was a different economics back then. Yes. And and that that part is totally true, which is why, which I think feeds into my argument even more. In the sense that Steve Cohen isn't making his profit off the New York Mets. No. Steve Cohen's money comes from everything else that he does. He just happens to be an owner of a baseball team who's a super fan. If he sold the Mets today, he would still make a profit over what he he bought them for. But that doesn't mean he can just light money on fire. He's... I mean, you're saying light money on fire. I'm saying I'm I'm agreeing with Ethan saying this is a seven-war player when healthy. But, I can take but, that chance. Again, when healthy, how how when has he played a full season? 
pretty much every every year, I think. No, he's oft injured. Whether yeah, it's but he's never been he's never his, been injured for that specific injury. But he's often he's so it's something else. Not only the known ankle injury. That's yeah. Something okay. else could get him. Okay, there. That's that's a point for you. Yes. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Am I freezing every time I talk? No. No. Okay. I you were on mute though. Yeah, because I was eating. I have food in my mouth. But hold on. I looked this up specifically for this point. Last two years, 21 and 22, he played 136 and 148 games. Oh, yeah. For 2020's baseball, that's really solid. Um, what did he play in the COVID the, year? Um, the COVID year, I think, was like 57 games or something. Now, he was like, hurt like in 2019. 2019, he missed a lot of time. And he missed a decent amount of time in 18 or 17 or both I did, or it was his rookie year. He played a lot. So early on, he did have a few years where he missed a decent bit, but last two years, he's, he's been relatively durable, I would say. Um, so kind of reminds me of a contract that the New York Yankees just gave to another monster mm-hmm. player, Aaron judge. And he's going to break down, but the Yankees aren't paying him three times the next closest guy in the league. You know, like, right. There, it, that's still to them is a smart investment. And the other thing, the other thing that people, I think, didn't take into account here, is the reason they wanted to restructure the contract is because, and the reason that San one of the big reasons San Francisco said no, and one of the big reasons that the Mets said no is, all of these teams take out insurance policies on their players, right? So that if they go on the D, the the IL, excuse me, they can recover a portion of the salary that they're playing the guys for no production in the field, right? Which Correa, with his tried injury to do with and the contract that he was agreeing upon was not insurable. So whoever the, the Giants went to and the Mets went to wouldn't give them insurance on his contract with that doctor's report and that injury. And I think that's, again, the reason the Twins structured their deal the way it was. And he caught now, and Correa, Correa is down $80 million now. Yeah. I mean, from his original offer, it's yeah. shorter years too, but I mean, just in total total value of the contract. Right. I, I mean, there's I some back end stuff that I think can if if he gets the if those options vest, I think can make up some yeah, of that yeah. difference. But yeah, too. Well, no, no. So the, the total value of the options vest is 270 million over 10 years. Oh, okay. Compared oh. to the 350 over 13. Yeah. Um, so he he lost a significant portion of his contract too. Yeah. Um the the approach I took, I watched some some Mets fans rationalize that the decisions today and try and pat themselves in the back. And a lot of the, the talk I saw on, on the internet for the Mets was that Correa was not part of their strategy, that they want to emulate the Dodgers. And right now they want to, they want to sign veterans to short-term deals while they wait for their hot prospects to come through the, the minors. And I don't know, to me, that sounded like a bit of a stretch. If you can get a guy who puts you over the edge and gets to the championship, you do that. Yep. Yep. Um, those are Mets fans just trying to rationalize with a, a very rational decision. It's it's just those points are valid, Matt. Like I'm not saying they're they're not, but at the end of the day, I, I just I, it, I if the three of us were diehard Mets fans, like we were Yankee fans, and this happened, there's no way that we would be happy with it. No way. I don't know. I mean, I told you, I expressed my reservations with you guys over the judge contract. We had to do it, but I think we're not going to get the value of that contract. The last yeah, but reservations years. are different than like 
just just feeling I, I, I one of the things I found interesting were I what I saw Mets fans trying to rationalize that at least Cohen like went for it, whereas like the Will Ponds would have never done this. And I'm like, again, I, I I don't see the logic in that. Like, go for it and get it done. Steve Cohen, super Mets fan, wants to win a championship, has $16 billion. Like, that's it, it would just not it it doesn't sit with it doesn't sit well with me in general. And it would it would be, I think, exacerbated if I was a Mets fan. Now now the Will Ponds though. So two years after that $3.2 million Robin Yacht contract in 1990 comes, <laughs> comes Bobby Bonilla with a $6.1 million contract in 1992. Was that Wilpon who signed them? I don't know if, if it was him then, but it was, I don't know if it was Wilpons who signed him or if it was just the Wilpons who converted it to Bobby Bonilla day. Right. But, um, you know, so it, it, it still is out there, right? You know, it's still, exists like like that that going for it was 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 going on in the early 90s it just was a terrible choice yeah but but matt your points your points about the economic situations are valid and back in the 90s there was a lot more instability especially the early 90s there was a lot more instability in baseball there's not that instability anymore i listened just today i listened to the latest episode of the podcast friend of the podcast joe posnanski and they were talking about this before, you know, this all happened because this was recorded like roughly five days ago, it, it seems like, or, or whatever. And, um, <clears throat> you know, they were talking about, again, how none of these owners in, in baseball, maybe the Steinbrenners are the closest thing where like it's a family business. It's like a, a mom and pop, you know, type business. Um, they all make their money on on other things. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they buy the the you know the team for millions of dollars like the they were talking about the the henry family because there's rumors about them selling the red sox and we're like they bought the red sox for like 315 million dollars they could sell them for like five billion dollars today yeah or something like it's an investment it's 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 a but it's a crazy amount of money that you make and then on top of all that just today like three hours ago i saw that forbes reported that the revenue in major league baseball was the highest ever for 2022. So like this, it, it just, I think it just, it's, it's really um, getting at the core of, of what we talk about all the time where we're like, don't support the owners, support the players and everything. And, and I'm like, I wanted to like Steve Cohen for what he did, because again, I think that idealism of like spending money to make your team better and, and to, you know, want to want to have fun in baseball is is needed, but the fact that he stepped back and and this all unfolded in the way that it did, it's just like another baseball as as we know it. It didn't baseball didn't change. Baseball would have changed if Correa ended up with the Mets because they would have had like a a forty percent higher payroll than like the the next highest team or something like that like that would have fundamentally changed how baseball needs to operate in the future and like now i'm like all right i think we're we're pretty much still in the same spot like we have the high spenders but those bottom feeders like the the orioles and the guardians they're not going to spend any money like they don't they don't care they're just going to pocket it all so matt can i step in yep so 
I have a couple thoughts slash questions because you guys, you guys might have like read in more detail than me and know more. So, um, but first thing is, <clears throat> we know how I feel about billionaires. That is uh, ground that has been uh, well, well trod, trodden. What is it, Matt? Trod or trodden? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Okay. Trod, trod, one of those, one of those. We know how I feel about billionaires, and Steve Cohen not only is a billionaire, but he has been like, he was like, wasn't he like expelled from Wall Street for like some sort of illegal bullshit or something? I don't know. He's had like actual troubles with the law. Yeah. So he's like corrupt even among billionaires, which is saying. Yeah, something. he's um, a hedge fund. Yeah. He got, he got suspended. Right. Gray so, matter, right? Or something like that? Or, oh no, I'm just making that up. So, yeah. so, uh, you know, that is the caveat of like, clearly in terms of morals and principles, he's, he's, you know, what I would consider a reprehensible person. However, the world we live in, you know, they, these people exist. It is what it is. And if anybody is going to be an owner of a baseball team, having somebody like him as an owner of a baseball team still strikes me as being pretty cool. Now, what was interesting is when the Correa deal with the Mets was first coming down and it hadn't even been confirmed yet, but Cohen talked to reporters and he was quoted as saying like, you know, I think this really helps the club. Um, I, I think we're going to do well. I hope we're going to do well. I hope the fans come. Like, I was like, man, can you imagine? Like, he sounded giddy, like in the quote. And like, can you imagine an owner talking about their team like that? He's like, oh, I think it's going to make us better. I hope the fans come. Like, that's super cool. I was really into that, despite, you know, what I would think of him overall as a person. So what I'm wondering is, Clearly, we clearly it's like pretty, pretty well established. He is like a real super fan and he is willing to spend whatever. So what I'm wondering is, you know, when this first came down from the Giants, I think maybe a lot of us diehard baseball people were kind of looking at it with some skepticism. We were like, hmm, I wonder what happened there. That's really weird. Like Correa has been fine. Um, and then the Mets swooped in right away and I was like, oh, maybe the Giants were being crazy, right? But then the Mets pulled the same thing. And so what I'm wondering is, and I don't know if we have all the details yet, but maybe for two franchises to do this with with a with a franchise altering player a really truly high 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 impact player speaks you know speaks volumes to me it says to me that like there must be there must be something like really off with the physical there must be something that really scares them in terms of future stuff because we know he's played a good amount of games the last couple of years he's been fine but there must be something that's really scary and, it, and enough to like scare Cohen off or enough that like his front office was able to convince him. So I'm wondering, you know, and, and maybe, and this is maybe where you guys can help me out. Have we gotten more details on the physical? Like, I'm really curious what, what it seems to me, it's gotta it's, be something that there's a leg. It's a leg injury from 2014 when he was in high A still, I think. Okay minor leagues top you know top prospect for the astros at that point and apparently he re-aggravated it this past season slightly but that's where like none of this stuff popped up last year obviously um you know with with the physical and um i guess that's where the holdup is but I, none of us know the extent of the details and all that type of stuff, but so so as I was watching a lot of YouTube videos, and this was first going on, and the the deal was called in the question with the Mets uh, last week. The one thing that popped up, and I just found the, the data among his peers. So this this data slice list his peers is Trey Turner, Danzy Swanson, 
Sander Bogarts, Marcus Semien, Corey Seager, Francisco Lindor, and Javi Baez. He has by far the largest sprint speed tail off in his 26, 27, 25, 26, 27 age years compared to when he started in the majors, um, dropping 5%. So you mean he's, he's slow, like overall he's slower or like yes. longer distance he gets slower? No, he's slower. His, his top sprint speed is tailing off at a 4X rate, two to, two to 4X rate of people considered his peers in the league and closer to 4X across the board if you look at people who are you know, 20 when in their 20 season, 27 year. Yeah. And I think he, he almost never steals now. Um, yeah. Uh, and he, he, he tried. So the last, uh, in the last six seasons, he's got six stolen bases <laughs> and zero in the last three seasons. He tried and was caught once last year. And that's when he went on the IL for an ankle injury. I think that's when he aggravated it. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, I remember seeing the the clip. The one time he tried to steal in the yeah. last three years, he went on the IL. Yeah. Um this is fascinating and pretty pretty damning. Actually. So I think the the video I was watching was just talking about the teams must have some next level of analytics yeah that's causing red flags you know out there that's throwing up some big red flags yeah um but i shouldn't have i shouldn't have because you know who else used to be faster and tailed off pretty quickly once he got to age 30 miggy (laughs) right (laughs) so um and and he's going to the hall of fame yep uh, and I think he would still occasionally swipe a bag or two, but um, He's a big dude now. <laughs> but what I wanted to see is his hard hit percentage. So his hard hit percentage uh, was uh, 44.7 last year, and his career average is 44.4. So he's right there. He's right in in terms of um, you know barreling the ball, and his exit velocity is. Uh, slightly, it was 89.9 and his career average is 90.2. So again, he's pretty much there in terms of average exit velocity. So that, that could be where the twins are going to say, well, fine, whatever. We'll move you to third eventually and just hit, hit taters. Yeah. Well, and that, that's like what I, I guess that's like where my hangup is with all this. He was going to move to third anyway Yeah. for the Mets. And if, if the twins were able to restructure this deal, and I granted he has a little bit more familiarity with them because he played with them last season. But if the twins were able to restructure a deal like this, why couldn't Cohen and the Mets make it happen? That's because like, wondering, yeah. again, Matt, to your point, yes, I, I totally understand the long-term ramification. Uh, if like Correa gets severely hurt and never plays again, and that's dead money, you know, essentially. He could print fielder. Yeah, but again, like nobody predicted that. No, 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 no. uh, But I'm saying teams probably had something like that in the back of their mind. Yeah, but but the but I the the two thoughts that I have that I can't get over are the restructuring of the deal. Why didn't that get done? And then the other one is like strip away the the deal and the money or whatever, and just say 
Carlos Correa plays amazing this upcoming season and gets the Amazons to the World Series and puts them, quote unquote, over the top, like Steve Cohen said, isn't that just worth it in at the end at the end of the day to get that championship? Well, but so to counterpoint that, and and like it was, uh, I think the channel was I Talk Sports. Then it was a video posted yesterday said that Correa was unwilling to renegotiate clauses with the Mets. Mm. He wanted the contract that he initially agreed to. Okay. Um, and his so he this was is quoted, on Correa too. Then he was quoted today as saying, um, "I've learned that doctors disagree." <laughs> um. So, to me, who's his doctor? Scott Boris, <laughs> probably. To me, <laughs> I don't like I, the the way I can envision this all happening is the Mets thinking, "Who the fuck is going to touch you? We hold all the cards. We right. take these clauses, or else, you know, good luck finding a contract anywhere we're near what we what we want to pay you." Mm-hmm. And the best he could do was twins. Yeah. So I think to me that's what and. And again, to me, good for the twins because the way they structured it seems reasonable to me. Yeah. Like he still gets six years, two hundred, which is a higher. If it, if it was just stuck at that, it was a really high AAV, right? That's going to be thirty three million a year. Um, and then he, you know, he he gets that security at the back end of his contract if they can invest and have the option. So, I'd say kudos to the twins for making it work. And figuring out something that worked, but I don't, I don't think Correa really wanted to take eighty million less than he was originally going to get, or forty-five million less than what the Mets were going to offer. Yeah, it is good that the Twins got it done. I think I uh, that was the other thing I was thinking is I think it would have been cooler for baseball if he was on the Mets. I think it's I think it's good for baseball when the Mets are like competitive and have like superstars and stuff like that. I think it's cool if both New York teams. Are, are are really getting after it as opposed to one being a laughing stock or whatever right but the fact that the twins did make it happen and like shelled out you know six years 200 million that's not a small deal right it's it's not come it's it's it looks small compared to these other massive super 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 long term you know 10 11 12 year deals we've been seeing but six years 200 million is a lot and the fact that a quote unquote small market team like the twins went out and did it i think you know, I think that looks yeah. good. I don't know what it's going to do for them necessarily. It'll be interesting to see over the next few years. Uh, but I was I was happy to see that. Happen. And, and Colin, to your point, you're right. Remember when the Cubs traded for Chapman? Yeah. A lot of people lost their shit because they gave up so much to get Chapman. But they got the ring. Got <laughs> Theo the ring. got them the ring. Yep. They, w- they would do it every time, I think. So exactly. Every single so, time. You know, they weren't. They weren't sacrificing 10 years to get that ring, but in some ways they were by getting rid of Glaber. Yeah, I guess that's true, but they weren't sacrificing $315 million to get that ring. Um, But you're right. If, if Correa, if Correa is an all-star for the next three years and gets them to the world series, you know, one of those years or two of those years and they win at one, then the Mets, anyone who's a Mets fan is going to say, yep, it's worth it. Like if he, he could compound fracture his ankle and never play again, fuck it. Bobby Bonilla him until he's dead. And yep. Okay. We got our ring. Cool. Yeah. But if Um, like, you know, to your point, Matt, if it was, 
if for whatever reason he wasn't willing to negotiate with the Mets, I mean, that's, that's disappointing on his end. Yeah. Um, because he, he probably could have gotten a very similar deal and probably could have gotten even more money from the Mets if he had been willing, you know, and, and it's, it's who knows what actually happened, right? This is all secondhand reports. There was another report saying right. that the Mets were asking the players association and the major league baseball to, for the ability to inc- un- include unusual and non-standard clauses in their contract. So they could have whipped up something crazy too. They could have whipped up, whipped up some wackadoo bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and said like, Hey, who else go, go fine. Go ahead and find someone else who's going to sign you. And he did. Yeah. Um, What'll be really interesting is three years from now, let's say Correa's killing it. I mean, I don't, I don't see the twins. I don't, I don't understand what the the fuck the twins are doing. Like they're, I mean, I know that division is awful, but um, I, I just don't see them being super competitive, but let's say in a scenario where Correa is awesome. The twins are terrible. The Mets still can't get over the top. Lindor kind of, you know, fades off. Like, are they trying to trade yeah. for Cross Korea in three years? <laughs> you know, the, the Twins are favored right now in that division, but you know, the Indians are going to take like, I mean, Tito Francona and the Indians basically take like the table scraps that a busboy scrapes off the plate and like makes it look like a very appetizing meal. Like, you know, you know, yeah. remember when we were talking about the war of their infield last year, like, holy shit. Like, where did these guys come from? That Jimenez guy is really good. One of the most underrated players in the league last year. Remember, we we did a side-by-side comparison. Not, not, Now, it wasn't including DJ, but we did Rizzo, Glaber, IKF, and Donaldson versus... The Guardians infield. Yeah. Jimenez. Ramirez, Jimenez. Ramirez, Naylor, and uh, the other guy. Yeah. And it was like a two-to-one war difference. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Well, the funniest thing I think I saw out of all of this was some some Yankee, you know, fan account was like, "Well, I guess this takes uh, the Twins out of the IKF uh, running." <laughs> Shit. <laughs> You're right. I didn't think of that. <laughs> I did think that was hilarious. <laughs> well. um, I have a I have a topic that we could pop everything off with baseball topic, but are there other hot stove things you guys want to talk about or anything else you want to talk about before we go to that? Who signs Trevor Bauer? Oh yeah, that's an interesting one. That's also, one. what is what is the current status on all the legal stuff? Because as far as I know, he has been maintaining he and his lawyer have been maintaining innocence this whole entire time. Um. And he like had texts that he was saying like proved it and blah 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 blah. And the like, DA did not open a case or press charges. They investigated and nothing happened. Yeah, um, and, it, and it's done now. That's it. It's done. Nope. The MLB so said that people he still violated the code it. of conduct, which allows them, based on their investigation, doesn't have to be criminal for them to do something. Which there they was a couple cases for, already. Right. Um. But the arbitrator said, well, you, you gave him a penalty that was like four times as long as anyone else. And he wasn't convicted of anything. Yeah. Um, so that's actually why some people are predicting he won't get signed anywhere. It's because he hasn't come out and said, I'm sorry yet. He's been I mean, okay. aggressively <clears throat> defending himself versus other players. That. I don't buy say, that for one minute. 
I'm that's sorry. Kind of, I'm, I'm my fault. I'm going away. I'll be better. How he's many? A white, he's bullshit. a white guy in America. Well, right. There's that. But also, there are a lot of credibly accused, uh, credibly accused domestic uh, assaulters in Major League Baseball. Uh, and by the way, as Yankee fans, we have two of them or had two of them and cannot be throwing stones as far as this goes. And in fact, we is did Chappie one of them, no longer on the team. I think his contract is up, right? Yeah, I think, I think he's gone. Right. Yeah. So, but that's the biggest one. And I got to say, we look like one of the worst in the industry for the way we handled the whole Chapman thing, right? I mean, that all that domestic abuse shit came out. His value was super low, and that was when we like swooped in, right? We, what did we do? Okay. We like traded him and then re-signed him or whatever at no, like a we, cheaper we deal. We traded for him when yeah. his value. We got him the Reds for like next his, to nothing. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. we sold high to the Cubs and then signed him back. That's what it was. Yeah, right now. I am not uh, disparaging Brian Cashman's uh, business acumen as far as that goes. Uh, but just saying, like, I just, you guys know how I feel about this. I mean, obviously, domestic assault is different than something like steroids, right? But but people in, in baseball, and I think in sports in general, they love to get on their moral high horse, and they love to p- pretend that everything is black and white, and it's just not. There's just a lot of nuance here. Um, now... Bauer, there is a really strong narrative around him right now that he's just a fucking douchebag, regardless of of the the degree of his guilt or innocence or whatever. And that's one thing, right? But I'm just saying that every team, whether we know it or not, has done shit that we would all consider morally dubious at best and really shitty at worst. Um, So I don't know. If somebody signs Bauer, I'm already picturing the outcry, right? But, like, I don't know. I mean, it just, it just it seems it just seems a little hypocritical to me. If like if like granted, I guess we have to take the racial thing into account, right? Like, if if the DA chose not to press charges against him, you know, he's a white guy. Like, you know, how much did that have to do with it? But also, like Domingo Herman and Aroldis Chapman both. Um, and you guys maybe remember more details, but I believe those accusations were credible and are even like relatively confirmed. Uh, and those guys never got suspended for a season or more, and they're just right back in baseball, just doing their thing. And granted, well, neither of them are that sus- good anymore. Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't like a season or more. 80, no, no Bauer got the longest. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is what I mean. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> now, in the Bauer stuff, it, I don't know. The Bauer stuff is icky. I don't know if we need to get into that, right? But like, from what I can remember, when it first happened, there were a lot of details to that case that make it a little bit murky and people are i think refusing to discuss those discuss those details because the the world that we live in right now we 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 don't do that we just it's either it's either you're on your high horse about how wrong it is or you're on your high horse about uh you know how how uh, defiant you're going to be and how you, it's a witch hunt or whatever right um, and I and I just don't think that this situation, unless we get more information that proves it one way or the other, I don't think it's that kind of situation. And it, and it bothers me that that I don't know. I get the sense that there's just this like huge giant assumption. Um, I don't know. He might be a piece of shit, and he might be totally guilty, right? Um, but it might not be quite that, you know. Um, and I don't know. I think that that shit matters. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he's going through waiver claims 
as we speak. And if nobody claims him, this is Wednesday night, 936 Eastern. If nobody claims him by Friday, he's an unrestricted free agent. And I don't doubt for a second that a team's going to sign him because throw out all the morals. He, he only requires league minimum for everyone else. The Dodgers are on the hook for the rest of the money. So Astros are going to sign him. <laughs> it would not surprise me at all. Lest we forget Brandon Taubman, Astros GM, after they traded for Osuna from the Blue Jays, yep. who was accused of sexual, who was suspended. And his... Uh, his was domestic abuse, too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And Bowers his, Bowers is different, I think, from like Herman and yeah. Chapman and um, in, in the sense that Bowers is it was sexual abuse, whereas like Herman was was seen by I think Yankee players hitting his wife, <laughs> which is what Chapman did too. Yeah. You know the Ray Rice thing. What did Chapman hit his wife? I thought he. I'm pretty sure he and wife. fired an AK-47 into the wall. I remember him. I remember reading about him firing a gun. I can't remember if there was if there was. Yeah, that him. sounds familiar. Now that you're saying that. Yeah, but yeah, don't forget Taubman. Screaming at female reporters in the locker room yep. or in the clubhouse. Thank God we got Osuna. I'm so fucking glad we got Osuna yep. multiple times. Fucking piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And he'll he'll probably thrive with the Astros because they got some kind of voodoo with their pitching. And he's already a pretty good pitcher or was a pretty good pitcher. So could happen. I just hope it's not the Yankees. I don't want to have to deal with that. (laughs) I think they got a pretty good staff as it is anyway. All right. You guys want to end this with some fun? Yeah, let's go ahead with some fun. All right. So cousin Greg sent this to me. And I will read it off. Uh, MLB.com did the next 10. World Series predictions. We're going to go through year by year. We're going to say yay or nay. Do we agree? And if we agree, then we agree. If we don't, you can pick who you think is going to win the championship. Sound fun? Impossible. Impossible, but but, but entertaining, sure. (laughs) All right. So first season, this coming season, 2023, the Los Angeles Dodgers over the Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know necessarily that we need to pick both teams, but that'd be yeah, that'd be take too long, too much. Yeah, Dodgers, Dodgers in realistic. 2023 seems realistic. I don't know that would be my number one choice. I don't know that I'd pick the Blue Jays out of the AL. I I got burnt by the Blue Jays last year. I was mm-hmm. I was all on all on the bandwagon. That movie, um, baby. Yeah, but who knows? Maybe they do it this year. I don't fucking know. But it seems like maybe their pitching isn't quite strong enough. Dodgers seem like is an easy, safe answer for the next few years, right? Um, so I don't know who I would necessarily choose above them. Other than maybe I don't know, maybe Mets and Braves. If I'm if I'm thinking just NL, I was gonna I was gonna go with uh, pot, the Dodgers in 2024 because they're gonna give Shohei a 50 million dollar a year contract. If that happens, oh my god, yeah. Um, but I don't know. Next year, I would say I would go with the Padres. I like that. I like that. They get Tatis back from his roids. They got Soto. They got well, hopefully he figures out how to hit again. Manny Machacha. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I think the Padres pitching is objectively better than the Dodgers right now. And they got Musgrove and you Darvish and um, Blake, Snell. All, Blake Snell. Yeah, I was going to say that that weird looking guy from the, the Rays. Yeah. <laughs> he is kind of weird looking. He's got to remember how to pitch, but he will. Yeah, I mean, I, out in the National League, I would, I would think, I would think the Mets, the the Braves, and the Padres probably all have a better chance today to make the World Series than the Dodgers do. Um, who would I pick to win? I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it out of the way. I'm just gonna pick the Yankees this year. <laughs> get it out of the way. Yeah, we don't even have to bother in um, in March. <laughs> All right. So Matt got the Padres. I got the Yankees. Who'd you get, Ethan? Uh let's let's say uh for the whole thing, for the whole the whole shebang. Yep. A L or N L. Yep. Mm. I mean those are the only two leagues. <laughs> well, because we were focusing on NL, right? Because we we all dismissed the Blue Jays. Um hmm. This is a good question. <clears throat> I kind of want to pick like a like a sleeper. Um, this is this is probably the hardest one because this is the most realistic to say. Like, all right, we kind of know what to expect this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if there's a team that catches lightning in a bottle like the Phillies did this year, but they actually finish it off at the end. And I'm wondering if if that team could be someone like the Mariners. For instance. I was going to say the Mariners, yeah. So the Mariners go got some pitching. I think it's unlikely, but I'll go Mariners just for fun. Okay. All right. 2024 MLB.com has the Mets over the Orioles. The Orioles have like the two top prospects in the game in terms of top pitcher and top hitter. They already got Adley Rutschman up there. Who's, who's like really good, but underrated. Who knows? Maybe we actually see some good Orioles teams. Just saying. I don't know. (laughs) See, Mets is interesting because I feel like Mets are more realistic this year because I feel like every year in the future, as good as Verlander and Scherzer are, yeah, they can't. They're gonna they're gonna start to decline at some point, yeah. right? So I feel like you're, we're gonna get our best Verlander and Scherzer sooner rather than later, and so it seems to me that this year would be a better chance than twenty four. But well, remember, they only have a two and a three year contract. Yeah. So 2024 could be it. Could be it. Could be it. But it also could be the year that one or both of them finally has a real decline, you know? Yeah. I'm going to go with Rangers Dodgers. And uh, the the DeGrom, Semyon, not Uh, Seager. 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 Experiment finally pays off. That's a good one. That'd be cool. That's a good one. I'm going to agree with MLB.com. Back-to-back years for New York. Yankees, 2023. Mets, 2024. I'm going to say Braves. I think the Braves are going to be really scary for like the next for the rest of the decade. Because See, Al- huh? You're not I, buying. I, I, you're not buying. I'm not, it? I'm not buying the. I mean, I think I think they're going to be okay. They're yeah. they're going to be good, but I just don't see all those deals working out. They got to get pitching too. They got to get pitching. But I don't know if you look at if you look at those contracts. Though I know we've talked about this a little bit, and you look at the deals. Like Alex Anthopoulos is like a fucking wizard. I don't know how he has managed to do this. 
Um, but he has locked up like everyone and they're all like in their young or mid twenties for the most part. They're all like really good. Basically like his entire position player, like the whole field, pretty much he has locked up like a starter. That's like really good. And granted, yeah, they, they need, they need, they need to shore up pitching and whatever, but I was reading about him the other day and, uh, I don't know. He seems, he seems pretty legit. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm just like super impressed. I mean, Ronald Acuna, he got Acuna to sign for like 200 million over like eight years or something. Uh, you know, when he was coming off of, I think like his amazing rookie year or something, I don't know. I know he's been injured and shit and we don't know what'll happen to him, but if he lives up to his talent, even 80%, like that deal will be an insane steal, uh, for, for the team, you know? Um, so I don't know, just pretty, pretty interesting, but I'll see Braves. Who knows? Okay. So the next season, 2025, the only way I can actually see this happening is if Shoei signs with this team, because otherwise I think they're going to be a dumpster fire, but they have the giants over the Yankees in the world series. I don't, how are they expecting the giants to win the world series? The giants are fucking old and I don't think they have any of like the really top prospects. Yeah. I think they're going to be bad for a while. Yeah. But I mean, they won. Remember how many games they won last year? In oh, that was two years ago. Well, well, yeah, I guess it's two years ago. Yeah, like, but but clear out of I don't know. nowhere. Seems like that was a fluke though, because didn't they have basically the same roster this year and they were they were pretty bad? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean one of those years was the fluke. Maybe maybe the bad year was the fluke. Maybe they're gonna be really <laughs> good again next year, but it seems unlikely. I mean they're all I think two thousand twenty one I think two thousand twenty one's been their only good season since their last World Series. Yeah. Which was seems- twenty 14 14 right? yeah 10 12 yeah. and 14 12, yeah, yeah yeah that's a really strange pick by mlb.com i agree with you only the shohei signing would do it but even that i don't think is enough even if right, they get yeah. shohei like show the angels have shohei and mike trout like <laughs> the two best baseball players post barry bonds that we will probably ever see uh um and they have been shipped so <laughs> like just signing shining sh- signing shohei uh just on his own like it's yeah. cool, but that's not that's far from a guarantee of, of any sort of relevance, let alone winning the title. Yeah. Do people call him Shotani? Because I think Show Showtime, I thought. I know, but oh. could you, you could just, instead of saying Shohei Otani, just call him Show, Shotani. That is good. It works. Yeah. yeah. That's why we have you, Matt. Mm-hmm. Hey, All right. You never know when, when inspiration is going to strike. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with the Yankees and uh, just because it's. I don't know. I feel like everything, anything after like three or four years is just like bullshit. So yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is why what I'm going to make it, I'm going to pull an audible here. I was going to curtail it at five. (laughs) Well, actually what Ethan said got me interested. I think there's a couple things that we can try to make predictions on. The first is, do we think that the angels will ever win a world series with Otani and trout on the team? No. And how depressing is that? We we have to finish this episode, so we can't get into that. But I could go on like a 10-minute really sad rant about how depressing that is, that yeah. we are wasting the prime of these two players, that the well, Angels have fucked this up so bad. And like two years ago, didn't they only draft pitchers? And is that draft, right? Right? That was like a news thing. I thought two years ago, they only drafted pitchers. Where is their pitching? <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of times, if you're smart with that, you can get like the like usually the best pitchers like in college, for instance, like Steven Strasburg types are usually like really close to the big leagues. You know, a lot they can be like a year away. Pitch 
Have they tried that? <laughs> maybe that's you know maybe that's the next thing that Trout needs to mm-hmm. conquer. Maybe that's his that's his off season project. He'll make year. his back better. Yeah. Ah, he can throw submarine. Uh, he'll probably yeah. he's probably really good at that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would have to happen this year because I I just don't see yeah. Otani coming back and i just don't see it happening unless he just loves being part of that organization i mean i mean we don't have necessarily all the insider scoops maybe maybe even though they're mediocre maybe he loves it but didn't he say something this season that was sort of um cryptic yeah. a, little, a little sassy right yeah, yeah. so yeah no seems like seems like he'll probably leave yeah and this could be internet hopefulness but uh i i saw two different youtube videos about trout secretly trying to lay the groundwork to get out of there interesting really now now what i was what i was wondering though, what youtube guys, videos are you watching what one of the guys was predicting <laughs> that trout would get traded to the new york yankees and i was like eh, no i would have i would have to play left field for years us? ago yeah they said they said yankees are phillies so well being a being a philly guy uh you know i could see that happening but i mean at this point he's he's hitting the wrong side of 30 now isn't he now he's mike yeah. trout so i don't want to bet against him uh, but, but I would be, I would be less excited if the Yankees went out and somehow got him now, uh, than I mean, I who, two years ago, who in baseball history besides Barry Bonds, we'll talk position players. We'll, we'll, we'll stick with that. This is a little off topic, but who in baseball history produced like they did their first 10 years, their back 10 years, not even Hank Aaron did. I mean, Hank Aaron was like the the most consistent of them all, but Pujols broke down. A-Rod broke down. Mantle broke down. DiMaggio really? didn't even make it. Maybe Ted Williams. That was a total. Juan Franco. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think Willie and Hank are probably the, um, Willie as in Willie Mays, are probably the, they're the two best candidates that come to the top of my head. I'm going to pull up Willie real quick. Um, yeah. If my phone will work here. I mean, it's That's just. It just, it's not, it wouldn't be surprising to me, I guess, is, is the point I'm making. If you know, we're Trout's not the best player in baseball anymore. And and I think that's okay. Yeah, yeah of course. I, I, I hope he doesn't have a fall off like Pujols did. Um, you know, that would be really sad. Yeah. But yeah, I think he, Maggie, you know, Maggie was until fairly recently, like still pretty dominant. Excuse me, Julio yeah. Franco. Julio, that's right. Yes, Willie was um, Willie was pretty pretty close as as far as as far as you can go. I think without steroids, uh, he was his power dropped a lot when he hit his mid thirties. When he hit say he hit fifty two homers when he was thirty four, and then he hit thirty seven when he was thirty five. Yeah, all right. Was it in that was in nineteen sixty five? Was that candlestick? Yep. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so, but then the, the, so the homers dropped quite a bit after that. He never, he never got more than 40 again, but like looking at his overall numbers, I mean, his OPS and his OPS plus were still really good. Like he was still, he was still a good overall offensive player. And I'm sure his defense was not quite as otherworldly because I'm sure he slowed down, but I think Willie is, Willie is probably as good of a choice as we can find. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's an interesting question. So we all agree. No to Trouty and Otani winning one together. Okay, yeah. so that's super sad. Super sad. Um, the Mariners are the only franchise in Major League Baseball who have never appeared in a World Series. Uh, do we think they make it to World Series in the next 10 seasons? And if you want to expand on it, do you think they win a World Series in the next 10 seasons? 
I don't know if they win one. I think they make it. Um, it's sorry. No, can you? <laughs> I would I'm love hopeful. to know why. I mean, right? Because they've 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 had a promising future with with some hot hot youngsters before. Think of when King Felix was coming up, um, and it didn't, those teams it didn't were work. terrible. But didn't he, wasn't he on the team when A-Rod was still on the team, or am I too far apart? I'm too far apart. Uh, too far apart. Way, yeah. way too far. Um, yeah. Well, but to your point, though, what, Matt, like, well, it's interesting. So I'm thinking about it, and I was I was thinking about maybe saying yes, because, like, Julio Rodriguez, for instance, is, like, super exciting. But um, this isn't the first time that the Mariners have had a very good young player. Um, they also had somebody named Ken Griffey Jr. in the 90s. Uh, then they had somebody named Alex Rodriguez in the late 90s. Then they had somebody named Ichiro in the early 2000s. And then, Matt, to your point, they had somebody named Felix Hernandez in the later uh, uh, 2000s. And frankly, they also they also had Randy Johnson. And they also Edgar had Randy Martinez. Johnson, and Edgar Martinez. Uh, and all of those people were better than Julio Rodriguez. Um, <laughs> so... <clears throat> Uh, so I, I was, I was, I wanted to say yes, because I want to feel hopeful and I think it would be cool for baseball, but like, I don't know. I mean, they didn't, they didn't win a pennant with any of those guys. Uh, so it's like, unless ownership decides to get really ambitious and spend some money and, and, and really get out there and make some big deals, which I think uh, they have to a certain extent, right? They, they signed Robbie Ray. Right. I mean, that was a pretty, you know, yeah, they've made, contract. they've made some deals and stuff like they're, they're definitely competitive. Yeah. Which is cool. But God, I mean, fuck, if you can't, if you can't do it in the nineties with Griffey and Edgar and, uh, and a rod, um, weren't they all on the team together for yep. a few years? A lot yeah. of years. Yeah. Like a handful of years. Yeah. Holy shit. And you had Buter. Was yeah, and he had some then. pop. Yeah, Wasn't that John Olrud on the team then too. He was at least for a time. I don't remember yeah. when he if he overlapped. He might what have about, been on the um, 01 team. Wasn't Tino there also? Tino was until like 94, 95. Yeah. Yep. So yep. he wouldn't have overlapped with A Rod, but he would have overlapped with uh, well, with Edgar. A Rod wasn't a full time player yet, but yeah. he was up. Yeah, but I mean, A Rod's rookie season, his first full year was ninety six, right? And Tino yeah. was Tino. Tino was was us in 96, right? Yep. Yep. Got traded. Donnie's replacement. Yeah. Cause yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the only, the only, for me, the only way you say yes is if you believe in do factor, but otherwise, otherwise you say no, because they, the only years they have ever made the playoffs were this season. And then those handful of years in the mid nineties in 2001, they went between 2001 when they won the most games Ever. In Major League Baseball history in the regular season <laughs> until this past season, 21 yeah. seasons without making the playoffs. Yeah. Pretty and then they bad. went to the first, I think it was like the first 21 seasons of their existence before they made the playoffs. And then they had like, you know, a five out of eight year stretch, five, five years out of eight that they made the playoffs, like when we were kids. Yeah. Otherwise, they've been a disgraceful organization you know it's crazy to think about and this is a different a different rabbit hole that we shouldn't go down right now but just a quick observation you know when we think about the 90s a lot you know we obviously we all marvel at the yankee dynasty it really is it really is amazing and to me it's even more amazing when you look at like the braves for instance the braves were unbelievably stacked and only won one and and i I think if we were to do like a roster to roster comparison 
I bet the Braves would be like, especially in terms of war and stuff like that, probably would trounce the Yankees most of those years. But then in addition to the Braves, you know, we, we talk about the Indians a lot, right? I think the Indians, it's pretty well known, yep. you know, those years with like Manny Ramirez and Jim Tomey and Kenny Lofton and uh, Roberto Alomar, all of those guys, right? They, they scored a thousand runs one year. Like they were, they were ridiculous. Um, they never won one, right? They only won one pennant. And then talking about the Mariners, like, I feel like the Indians get maybe more two attention pennants. and I don't know two pennants. Oh yeah. 95 and 97. Yeah. All right. So I feel like whatever, for whatever reason, maybe the Indians get mentioned more, but now this Mariners conversation is reminding me like they fucking had Griffey and A-Rod and Edgar like, and Randy Johnson and Randy Johnson, um, like all at the same time. Uh, yeah. and they didn't, they didn't even win a pennant. And, and but Jamie the Yankees, Moyer and Jamie Moore, but the Yankees, uh, managed to do what they did. Um, despite having a substantially weaker roster in, in certain senses. So uh, pretty incredible. Yeah. But remember though, their, their 2001 season didn't have any of those guys. They had each row at each row. Yeah, who led true. The team and all the other year? guys were really gone. Haggard. Who won the team, led the team in war that year. Was it not each row? No. Wow. Brett Boone. <laughs> Oh, that was the crazy Brett Boone year. 40, 42 homers. Like or whatever. 37 homers, 141 ribbies, I yeah. think. Yeah. And, so, he, so, and he hit like 330 uh, or something. So the yeah. top 12 players in terms of war Brett Boone, Ichiro Suzuki, Mike Cameron, John Olerud, fourth, Edgar Martinez, fifth, Freddie Garcia, Mark McLemore. So David crazy. Bell, and that Moyer, was the year they won 116. Carlos Guillen, Stan Javier, and Aaron Seeley. Fucking crazy. Freddie, Freddie was awesome. Freddie was there. He was guy. really good there for a couple of years. Yeah. But you know what? That that I guess that's a that's a really good point. These teams that are like stacked with the superstars um have not necessarily been that successful whereas the teams that are like not necessarily stacked with the superstars but are just like consistent good players have kind of done better. I mean, that was the Yankees uh in in that time period and the Mariners the year they won 116, the Giants a couple of years ago like we were talking about. So that's kind of an interesting, an interesting point. I guess the Dodgers and the Astros in the last few years have done a good job of making the super team thing work. Yeah. But before that, how often did the super team thing work? If we, if we go and we look at it, I don't know. I think, I think it worked a little more than you're, you're giving you think? credit to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm positive. The Yankees bought world series. I'm positive. The Red Sox bought world series. You know, I mean, just, 09 for the Yankees, but I, I don't know that I would count the, any of the dynasty years. I mean, they were still outspending teams in those dynasty yeah. years. But I mean, who do you, who would you qualify as a legitimate superstar in those years? Jeter. Rivera. Eh, I'm never going to call a closer, a legitimate superstar. Bernie ever. Williams. Not a superstar. You know, Bernie was my favorite, not a superstar. Okay. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think about that all the time. Um, you know, the, the super team, I guess, concept in, in baseball as compared to like basketball or whatever. basketball specifically, but even, yeah. even to a certain extent football and, um, you know, the Yankee, the Yankee dynasty, the, those core players, it's a really interesting career arc because they never, they never get to replicate the the teams that they were on early in their career when they won all those world series in the dynasties. But like, you know, Pettit obviously leaves and then comes back, but Posada, Jeter, Rivera, they're all there for, you know, 20 years or whatever. And it's like, they don't 
necessarily changed. They're, they're still hungry and working hard and want to win a world series every single year. But you know, to your point, Ethan, then they, you know, Steinbrenner goes crazy and starts bringing in all these stars. And it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't really mesh well, even though they win a lot of games and it sells tickets and people are in the stands, but it's like, it just doesn't, doesn't do it at the end of the day. And it's like, does, does that work? That's like my whole book, right? It's like, does that work sustainable? Is is that sustainable? Um, Hey, sorry. I know, I know we're going off on like a zillion tangents, but (laughs) zillion 97 and 98 Indians and fuck the AL central. Cause they won the central in 97 with 86 wins and they won the central in 98 with 89 wins. So that's it. Yeah. Even with that stacked roster, at least yeah. the stacked the stacked offense. I don't well, remember. Yeah, they what had never pitching. had pitching. They had yeah. like Charles Nagy, who was, I think, pretty good. Jared for, Wright was Jared was Wright, really Oral Hersizer, right. Charles Nagy. What well, and the, the the shame is uh, Jose Mesa had a great season in ninety seven. Uh but but it's his he has a cursed name in Cleveland because yep. of the World Game Series. Seven. Right. Yeah. Man, I Always can't believe they that. only won that many games when 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 they had like Manny and Tome and Lofton and Alomar, like both Alomars, I think, right? Like yeah. in their primes. I mean, those guys were so fucking good. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. nuts. And because it was the 99 team that, what you were saying earlier, Ethan, I think scored over yeah, a thousand. scored a thousand. Yeah. Now, 99, that was a beastly team. That that was a 97 win team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the team that, that I think they were up two to one against Boston in the uh, DS that year. And then if you look it up, like game five, it was in Cleveland and it was like eight to eight after like three innings. And then Pedro came in and just shut the door on, uh, on the Indians. And, um, and then the Red Sox made the ALCS when the Yankees beat them, obviously, but fucking Pedro. yeah, Pedro being Pedro. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so good. Yep. We kind of had an ADHD last uh, 20 minutes here, but uh, <laughs> we had a lot to catch up on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I hope that we're doing this next week. We're kind of, we're kind of week to week uh, as, yes. as things are right now, depending on Aria's sleep schedule and, and how that affects me um, mainly, but we'll try to be back next week. Yeah. Yeah. And we can go into, we can go further into some of these rabbit holes if we want there is actually a couple interesting premises here that could be kind of fun to to dig into. We should so. do a whole episode entitled Teammates of Jamie Moyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Teammates of Julio Franco too, yeah, maybe. Julio Franco. Yeah. Who won a batting title? I forget that. Oh my god, yeah. Jesus Christ. So What weird. year? Uh, 94 or 93, I think. Okay. I I was going to say somewhere in there. I remember wow. seeing that sometime, yeah. Yeah, Super I remember fun. that too when I was like four years old yeah. 91 <laughs> I, yeah, remember I definitely remember that <laughs> i remember reading about it dummy yeah i read it i read it in the newspaper oh when i was God. having my breakfast such a fucking idiot <laughs> <sighs> all right boys any shout outs before we go don't think so no all right well it's been real and i've been yep. waiting all season to say this but we are Rose Bowl champs. Yeah, yeah, you're lucky and have a burp to time right when that happened. <laughs>